Welcome to Top Shelf at the Merrick Library with your host, Carol Ann Tack. Welcome to Top Shelf at Merrick Library. I am your host, Carol Ann Tack, and I thank you all for joining me. Listeners, hold on to your hat because today's book, Age of Vice by today's guest, Deepti Kapoor, is taking the world by storm. Author Flynn Berry, a prior guest on Top Shelf, calls the book an unforgettable story of corruption, excess, ruthless power, and the will to fight back. Age of Vice is a masterpiece. Booker Prize winner and New York Times bestselling author Marlon James says, this book This epic, crazy, shocking, mind-blowing, brutal, tender, heartbreaking book is one of the best I've ever read. Roxanne Gay has chosen Age of Vice as her January 2023 Audacious Book Club pick. Whoa. And then Good Morning America made Age of Vice their book choice for January, the first one for 2023. And the book has sold instantly in over 20 countries. So listeners, please join me in welcoming today's incredible guest, Deep D. Kapoor. Thank you so much for joining me and the listeners of Merrick Library's Top Shelf Podcast. Caroline, that was just incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the love. It's it's a pleasure to speak with you. I am so appreciative and I want to just get started right off the bat because any description I could possibly give of the book will not justify the beauty. If you would, please tell listeners about Age of Vice. So Age of Vice is a novel that is set in North India. It's about corruption, power, abuse of power. It starts with a car crash on a cold, wintry night in New Delhi at 3 a.m. in the early aughts in 2003. And it's a fatal car crash that kills five people on the road. The Mercedes basically crashes and kills five pavement dwellers. And then we go back in time, jump back to delve into the lives of three characters who were involved in the crash. There is Ajay, who's the heart of our story. He's a loyal, watchful servant with a tragic past. There's Sunny, who's the heir to a big business fortune, dreams of moving away from his father. And there is Neda, a young, curious and naive journalist who gets entangled in their world. And as the story unfolds, we see how the uh, dreams and ambitions of all three characters take them to a point of no return. Talking about the story unfolding, readers, when you start this book, I will tell you, and I will probably say this word more than once, talking about a propulsive read, you have no idea what you're in for. And I'm kind of a little jealous for people who are reading it for the first time. Um, Talk about the inspiration for Age of Ice. So it really started with me trying to figure out what to do after my first novel came out in around 2015-16. I had a couple of ideas that didn't work out. And my agent at the time said, you know, you're always telling me these outrageous stories of your rich friends in Delhi. Have you ever thought about writing a novel about them? So an idea that I had writing about, say, a, a kind of Delhi Gatsby about the lives of the rich and the privileged who do a lot of damage and then retreat behind their wealth and power soon turned into a novel about corruption and inequality, because I think that was very important that I realized very soon that this had to be a bigger novel and it had to weave in all these other themes 
at least because India in the early aughts was going through a moment of rapid transformation. And that's how the real sort of story, the heart of the story, which is, of course, Ajay, um, it was when I met a young boy in the mountains who inspired the character of Ajay and had a story of loss who had been sent away by his family to work, to pay off a family debt. He was so full of hope, so full of optimism. I remember thinking when I met him, combining his story with the lives of the young servants who used to work these mansions, these domestic workers, chauffeurs and, and servants, that's when I actually found my novel. You know, it was like, there was always the story of the Sunnies and the Nethers. But when I found Ajay, that's when it really started. And he is, what you have done is we are following along with each change of scenery that Ajay goes through. We are there. We are the armchair travelers with him. We are on his shoulder watching all of the decisions and the choices he makes take shape. There is a scene in this book that is really rather breathtaking, and it comes sort of towards the beginning a little bit. And Ajay says, I can come back. I will just see what it's like. But a part of him knows he'll never return. And there's something liberating about leaving. It's true about throwing so many years over his shoulder and marching forward into a majestic life. I mean, deep, deep. That sentence is gorgeous. Well, thank you. gorgeous, the visuals on that, because you're bringing not just Delhi to life, but the entire country, the cinematic descriptions of the mountains, the plains, the beach. India is a character in the book as much as Neda and Ajay and Sunny are. It's just breathtaking. You mentioned the following your debut, A Bad Character, which was published like 2015, 2016. You turn towards writing this action-packed crime thriller, Once you started writing, was there this propulsive energy to get it on the page? I can't imagine like the frenetic business going on in your head as you were writing. Oh, well, yeah, it was it was interesting because I think, you know, so many things motivate writing novels. Well, first, it has to be a compulsion. I always say that to people. You know, that's the only thing you should not be able to do anything else. That's why you write novels. Um, But also at that point of time, I was in a very financially precarious situation. I was also moving countries. I left India and moved to Portugal. So um, it was a sort of a moment of, of great tumult in my life. And I think that I was able to use that and turn it into something else. I was able to say, I'm going to throw everything at this book because I don't know if this doesn't work, I'm going to have to figure out something else. You know, I also taught yoga and I did some freelance writing after working as a journalist in my twenties, but I didn't ever want to have a regular day job. That's always been my ambition. Don't have a regular day job. Try and make it work without having one. So And I also remember thinking that what if I started and the propulsion came from this idea that I had that I want to make it an entertaining, thrilling novel while also smuggling in serious ideas. So what if I start with a car crash and what if the wrong person goes to jail and is blamed for it? And what if there is this journalist who's caught between uh, morality and doing the right thing, but also desire. So, so all of these, and then, and then all the characters start to come together. But I really did want to write something that was entertaining and serious. I love that your day job 
was giving us age advice. <laughs> I think bestsellers, readers, listeners, everyone will agree. Roxanne Gay's book club agrees that this is a wonderful thing to turn your day job into. So we'll we'll take all of that. You just have to keep going and, and we'll be here to support that 100%. You were a journalist back in the day mm-hmm. and Age of Ice has a ripped from the headlines feel to it because of this quick narrative and page turning events that occur. It was like I said earlier, it's really hard to not zip through it. Having that journalistic background, did that help or hinder or sort of change your writing style? And were you able to employ that in Age of Ice? Uh, yeah, I think both. I think what uh, my years in journalism taught me to ask questions, that are the right questions, and be able to sort of poke into people's lives and, and be able to sniff out stories. But when you're a novelist, then it changes a little bit because you are, you're not going off to one story. And I was never a very good journalist. And, and so I guess as a novelist, you also have to be able to observe and inhabit you know, um, the consciousness of different people get into the minds and the lives of different characters. And the journalism side taught me how to ask the right questions and gave me the kind of stories that I was then able to pour into the work. But it was only after years of being a journalist and not being a journalist that all of that came together. Yeah, I, I don't know how it happened. Well, well, it's okay. We're not even going to ask more than that. But the title, The Age of Vice, did you have a different title? Was that the one you were going in with? Was that the working title or was it something different? When I discovered or came upon the title, I was just like, this is it, you know? And it's also Age of Vice Kalyug, which is the, a Sanskrit term, which literally, according to the Hindu astrological calendar, we um, there are four life cycles, and we are currently living in Kalyug, which literally translates as an age of vice, corruption, misery, strife, etc. So it felt extremely appropriate. I, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> the themes of my novel, yeah. I can't really imagine how long it took you to write, because again, that propulsive narrative, did it take a long time for you to write, or once you start going you were just gone? I think it took me about three years to write. And it's literally like when I had the start of the story and I had the characters the three main characters and then yes then i started and it and it and, and but then you have your moments when when you stop and it doesn't work and my way of working is quite chaotic unpredictable i don't outline so you know sometimes it's like everything just works perfectly um i, I have to have an extremely strict routine when i write but then you have breaks right uh, you know and in those breaks it looks like nothing is happening but that's when all the deep thinking is going on I would absolutely, I would absolutely agree with that, especially with something like this. There was too many characters, too many things clamoring for space. So um, you take as many breaks as you need. (laughs) (laughs) By the end, it was really hard because I was trying to keep everything in my head. So sometimes it felt like my head would explode. Yeah. (laughs) And I like so many readers, we're not done with the family. We're not done with these characters. We want to know more. What can you share, if anything, about whether the story will continue? Oh, yeah, I'm not done with them either, clearly, because I'm, I'm going to spend the next few years of my life um, in this world. Yeah, so I'm going to go into Bunty and Wiki's backstory. So we're going to understand how they became the fearsome businessmen gangsters that we meet. 
going to see how Ajay is going to build a consciousness from nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. He's always tied, his identity was always tied to Sunny or before that to Daddy. So, you know, it was, so now he's going to have to figure out who he is. That's a really interesting question. Neda comes back to India and Sunny is now the heir. I mean, he's no longer the heir. He is the king. So how is he going to deal with that? And lots of other things are going to happen, but that's the four main things I can say. I got the chills listening to that, especially the backstory of the two gangsters. I don't want to say too much, but holy cow, I am ready for that. And when you pitch the book or you present the idea, was a second story or even a third story part of the pitch? Or did somebody say to you, keep going. We need to know more. Oh, no. So towards the end of writing, this is before I had an editor on board. I was sending pages to my agent and um, I realized that I wasn't done with the world and I had so much more to say and and I wasn't done with the characters and she she just said you know this can you can do this as a trilogy and I thought okay <laughs> that sounds really simple I don't have to think about it now <laughs> so and now I do so at the time that felt like a great idea but actually um <laughs> Because otherwise I would have ended up writing some 1200 word, you know, crazy book and that wouldn't have worked either. So, I mean, you know, I think trilogies are useful. Very useful, especially in this case. And I appreciate the editor saying, go ahead, do your thing. I'm very appreciative as a reader to hear that because, like I said, we're in, a lot of us are not done. And based on that, the fact that this is going to be a trilogy, I know that it's impossible for any author to predict that a book will hit readers in a certain way. But Age of Vice, over three years ago, was part of this bidding war. And ultimately, mm-hmm. it was optioned by FX. And Washington Post reviewer Ron Charles says that Age of Vice is that rare case of a book bounding as high as its hype. What has all of this been like for you? Um, Extremely gratifying, strange, terrifying. I'm running the range of emotions here. It's been amazing, but also surreal and and often quite scary. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great, but also... Uh, overwhelming. Yeah, I bet. And I, I really cannot wait to see what FX will do, whether it's a serialized treatment or a motion picture or or anything like serialized. that. Yeah, serialized. That, that would be amazing. Because I'm working on that too. <laughs> so so you're, you're, I'm adapting it you, yeah, with my husband. Yeah, he's a screenwriter. But we've been so we've been working for the last few years on pilot and on the the TV version, and that's been really interesting because you you have the same world, but you you're thinking of how to structure, and so it's 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 a challenging, complex process. No kidding, because I I keep thinking, knowing what I know about the book, I don't even think you could get one book into one season. But I don't know if you can do that. Maybe you're right. I mean, it could. You could just do it over a couple of seasons. Uh, two seasons on couple. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will make sure that I have the viewing party in my house when that happens. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you. I will send out invitations. Um, Age of Ice hit shelves on January 3rd. You're doing tons of interviews and book talks, I assume, come next. Where can readers find you? Oh, yeah. My Instagram account, DeepDKP, is always a good place to see uh, what I'm doing next. Yeah, and, and that's the best place to know what I'm up to. Okay, so Instagram is where we can find any upcoming event that we could hopefully zoom into or, or see you. And I will share all the links 
links for that on the podcast page for this episode. Oh my gosh, Deep Deep, this has been wonderful. Today's book, The Age of Vice by today's guest, Deep Deep Kapoor, is on shelves everywhere. Well, right now, not at the Merrick Library because all my copies are out, but please grab a copy at your local library or your local independent bookstore. Age of Vice is published by Riverhead Books. Deep D, thank you so much for joining me and the listeners today on Merrick Library's Top Shelf Podcast. I am so happy that you said yes to this, and I really hope you'll join us again for whatever you do next. Caroline, it's been a real pleasure, and I will join you for whatever comes next. Absolutely. Grateful. Thank you. Look, the sun just came out, so <laughs> it's fortuitous. Uh, listeners, I thank all of you for joining me today. Remember to follow Top Shelf at Merrick Library on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find most podcasts. For the latest and the greatest at the Merrick Library, check out our website at merricklibrary.org. Special thanks, as always, to Merrick Library Director Dan Chusmere, Assistant Director Diane Bondi, and the Merrick Library Board of Directors for getting us off the ground and on to the airwaves. Until the next time, remember to keep us on your top shelf.